Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Life Free of Anxiety podcast. Welcome back in. Um, It's a little bit of a sick time out there right now. So I have a nasally voice. I heard it a lot in our last podcast, which I didn't realize until after I listened back. Maybe I'm just sensitive to it, but um, yes, so I'm working on my voice for you guys. Um, But I hope you are all staying well out there. We've got a really exciting episode right now. It's three reasons why you got anxiety. And they are all three things I had never heard before. And they are very informative. And I think you're going to like this episode a lot. Also, we're doing some episodes where we're going to have Q&A questions, so make sure you connect with us on Facebook or Instagram, Life Free of Anxiety, and give us a rating while you're at it. We love to hear from you. Also, don't forget, you can get Dr. Barr's relaxation audio at lifefreeofanxiety.com slash relax. Okay, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. Well, hey, welcome into the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. It's Erica and Dr. Barr here today to talk to you about three reasons why you became anxious. Oh, that doesn't sound good, does it, Dr. Barr? Ooh, scary. (laughs) But there's some good news in there, isn't there? Yes, there is. We have several reasons, and not just three, but we're going to try to talk about three of them in particular. Hmm. The program that we use We'll cover all of the reasons why and help you understand why you might have developed this disorder. We're trying to give you a a little bit of a heads up and uh, give you some information that will help you know that you're not alone. And this this was a learned disorder. That's what we feel. Mm -hmm. We feel like this is something that you learned. Your background set you up for it and you learned how to do this. Not knowing that that's what you were learning at all. That's certainly not what you were setting out to learn, but learn it you did. Yeah. So that's what we're going to try to deal with today. I was always told learning was a good thing. Well, learning is a good thing. (laughs) And the good news is, is you can learn how to not be this way. Oh, yay. So if, if it was because you learned how to do it, you can learn how to do it differently and to not do this to yourself. So that right. is the good news. Yes. The bad news is is you're doing this to yourself. Mm-hmm. The good news is is you can learn to not do this to yourself. So nothing like a little good news, bad news, huh? Nope. That's kind of how we roll around here, I guess. But hopefully we're going to be bringing more and more good news. And we do have a little bit of good news in... Uh, why you developed anxiety, but we'll get that to that in a second. Dr. Barr, 
You are a dog whisper whisper, a person of the dog whisper. I'm trying to think. How do I say this? I just, what I what, basically what I'm trying to say is you can find Doctor Barr on uh, season eight, episode eight. If you have Disney Plus on the Dog Whisper, I was not aware you were on the Dog Whisper until you sent me something that said that. But um, was that you coming that out the really- the back of your office to go into the front? By the way, for B roll, that was hilarious. I was like, why is yeah. he? I've been to his office before, and I know he's not taking like a logical. Uh, you know, entrance right there. But I love that. I, I just know that they told you to do that so that they could, they could show you walking. But from the back to the well, front of the office, you went. Well, actually, they wanted me to um, r- walk into the front entrance, but there's not enough light in that hallway. So, oh. it wouldn't count. so that's why they had me come in the back entrance. <laughs> oh, showbiz. I really liked watching that episode. They don't show you quite enough, but I, it was fun to see. I was like wow but you're well it was a really fun episode to work on it yeah. was really fun working with uh, the staff there um i didn't get to meet caesar milan unfortunately oh, really uh, i was disappointed about that but uh, i i got to meet a lot of his staff and they were all very professional and very lovely people and uh so it was it was a real positive event to work with that program yeah i bet and your client was successful. Spoiler alert. You helped somebody yes. over fear, their fear of dogs. Yes. Um, this, uh, the client was going to be the uh, bridesmaid for her sister. Mm-hmm. But the uh, ring bearer was going to be her beloved pit bull. <laughs> that, uh, Naturally. That the client ended, that I ended up working with just was terrified of so Mm. we had to give her a crash course in uh relaxation and and uh desensitization so that she could uh, carry through with the wedding and it worked nice yes yeah and you can see that if you yeah if you pull it up you can watch that episode it's so funny i went on a night hike last night with some women from my gym and there is this woman there who I think of as the strongest person athletically, mentally, and everything. But somebody else brought their big German Shepherd. And my instinct was to run and hug this dog because I love German Shepherds. But the woman that yeah. I think of as so fearless was afraid of him. And I was like, wow, I truly think everybody is kind of afraid of something. And like, you would never think that, you know, but I was, it kind of was eye opening. Like, Wow, everyone has a little something. So basically, she needs you, I guess. But um, we can, we well, can arrange that probably, another time. <laughs> yeah, she probably can successfully avoid dogs most of the time. Yeah, she's afraid of them. especially huge. This is a big dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. But I just thought that was interesting, and I thought of you because this is your specialty. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's a cool that's specialty. That's what I do. Yeah, I like that. All right, so we're going to go into first our definition of um, anxiety and who we're talking about, because we said we've got three things of why, three reasons why you became anxious. So first, we're going to give um, our definition of what we mean by anxious. So, Dr. Barr, do you want to explain that? Sure. By anxiety, we the people that we're talking to are the people where the they're not just a little bit anxious before a test or before a big event or that kind of thing. 
it keeps them from being at that event. Mm -hmm. Or if it's a test, they have to get up and leave in the middle of the test. Uh, it's people who the anxiety is interfering with their life in a dramatic kind of way. Yeah. So we we are talking to the people who are probably having panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Now, panic attacks, I think we've defined earlier, but we'll we'll quickly define that again. There is a whole host of symptoms. There's a list of 13 types of symptoms. And to have an official diagnosis of panic attack, you have to have five of those all at the same time. Mm. Now that includes things like feeling like you're choking or having difficulty breathing, heart palpitations, or your heart is racing. You may have chest tightness, or you may even have chest pain. Um, mm -hmm. Your mind may start racing. You may be sweating or having chills. Uh, you may depersonalize, which is a particularly uh, scary symptom, I think. And what is it for but those who don't know? Depersonalization is like uh, you're not there in your body anymore. You, or you feel dreamlike. Where, where you feel just off. Uh -huh. You feel like you're watching or something. Okay. So so they're, they're, that, that's the people that we're talking about. That's the group of people who suffer so much with anxiety. And it can affect their lives so much that it can make them um, avoid things. When the avoidance starts, that's when we start talking about uh, agoraphobia. Mm -hmm. uh, because they avoid going places, they avoid doing things, they can't drive maybe, they can't stand in the line at the grocery store because they get too anxious, those kinds of things. Those are the people we're talking about. And this is these are the people... So these are the people who are afraid of the fear, basically. That's that's the that's a really good definition of it is the fear of fearful feelings. Okay. Because after you've after you've had a panic attack, it starts changing your nervous system, mm -hmm. and it starts taking on a low uh, um, a life of its own. And well, let, let's back up just a second. Mm -hmm. So what creates a panic attack in the first place? Well, there's a whole host of reasons in the background, but the immediate reason is that there is most likely an overload of stress of some kind. Yeah. Okay, so that overload of stress is there. Um, if you've listened to the other podcasts, you know that my overload of stress was the earthquake. Mm -hmm. That total overload. So... That was my overload of stress. Well, that went away, but the fear didn't go away. Right. Uh, and that's the problem is that the fear sets in and the fear takes on a life of its own. And that's that creates a large, large difficulty for these folks. Yep. And so if you're experiencing that, you know what I'm talking about. And part of the reason why we're so interested in helping um, folks who are feeling this way is because, well, first of all, it's absolutely miserable. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just true suffering in my book. And so uh, that's a terrible way to have to live. <clears throat> and the other reason is, is the more panic attacks you have, the more sensitive you become to more things. So it is a sensitizing disorder. 
So the longer you have it and the more the anxiety happens to you, the more things can trigger your anxiety and the more anxious you become. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a downward spiral. Right. So we want to try to reverse that spiral for folks and uh, get them coming back the other direction. So they're not as anxious and they have some tools to work with. Yeah. But, um, the point is, is a lot of people have siblings that do not have this at all. Mm-hmm. And so they're left with this big question mark about why me? Why did I develop this? I grew up in the same family, uh, similar circumstances. Nobody ever has exactly the same circumstances, but similar circumstances. And how did I end up developing this? And this I think we can kind of give an answer as to why, and that's part of what we try to do uh, in our therapeutic program is is give you an answer as to why you and not your siblings or um, that kind of thing. Now, we know that family history plays an important part. Um, yeah. Most people have some kind of family history of either anxiety or depression. Um, that developed this disorder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you say that, I think, yeah, that's true. I have felt before, like, why can't I get it together when my brother doesn't understand the things that I go through? You know, we've grown, we grew up together. We have the same parents. How come I came out, you know, so flawed? I guess I would, that's, those are the things I've said to myself. Okay. Wow. Flawed. Yeah. That's, that hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but it's, it, you know, in the moment, it's just not even something that I think about hurting. It's just something I say to myself. And it's catching those messages that you have to really be careful of. But, you know, you can just assume all kinds of things when you have this condition and you don't know what's happening. That's right. That's right. Well, let's start with the good news. Okay. Good news. The good news is that most people, almost everybody, as a matter of fact, there's only one person that I've worked with. Uh, that doesn't meet this category, but Hmm. most people that develop this disorder are highly intelligent. Mm -hmm. And the one person that I worked with that did not fit that category was uh, a person who had a panic attack during uh, using cocaine, which also, that was the overload of stress. Yeah. So that's kind of different, right? Because that's a stimulant. That's right. Okay. Just to clarify, that's Okay. Now it had the same effect on her that that any that the overload of stress has on other people. Right. But uh, so the good news is is you are most likely highly intelligent if mm. you develop this disorder. It is the thinking person's disorder. Yeah. And so that's the good news. You know, good. There's some good stuff there. There's other good news. There's good news in that. Um, you probably have very high expectations of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably really like to do a good job. Yeah. If you tell somebody you're going to be somewhere, you're going to be somewhere. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, you're going to do it. You're going to follow through. These are just kind of common characteristics of people that develop this disorder. Now, along with that, you may have trouble saying no. <laughs> yep. You know, it's it kind of like it, it's it's the I can handle it philosophy. Uh, uh, Erica, would you do this for me? Mm-hmm. Sure, I can handle 
would you do this for me? Yes, I can handle that until you can't handle it. Right. Kind of thing. Yep. So employers love employing people like this. They, they absolutely love it because they're very, very dependable and um, they like doing a good job. Yeah. But it can get out of it can get out of hand is the problem, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I remember when I first heard all of this, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't know if I ever even thought about any of this that I was dependable right. or I don't mean and I certainly didn't connect it to anxiety, but it makes sense. Yes, it does. Because it, it ends up putting a type of pressure on you mm-hmm. that uh doesn't necessarily have to be there. But and it's not necessarily from the outside. Now you may have a terrible boss that pressures you, but the the boss is probably just tapping into exactly what is going on on your insides also, mm. because you have a high expectation of yourself and expect yourself to perform well. And there's also kind of a high um, fear of of rejection as well, right? So. There's the fear that your boss yes. won't, won't, you know, I mean, that's the thing I'm constantly even dealing with now is I have, I have to really look at my schedule and not panic that I'm going to let somebody down. That's a real fear of mine. And I, it just kind of dawned on me recently that I'm busying myself because I'm afraid of letting somebody down at some point. But, um, and that's kind of comes with rejection, right? If I let somebody down, they can reject me. I mean, I think that's kind of what it that's comes right. comes down to in the end. That's right. And and that fear of rejection is a, is actually a huge motivator. Mm, uh, people interesting, yeah. Will do a lot of different things to try to to keep away from being rejected or getting criticized in any way. Right. Well, now one of the things that happens also is um, people lose touch with their bodies, mm-hmm. and that's one of the common things that happens for a lot of these folks is they've been taught as they've grown up not to pay attention to their feelings particularly. To their feelings well, or I'm to their body? Well, to their feelings and their body and, and what they're, you know, what's going on inside. What, oh, quit that crying. Hush your, hush your crying and go do what I told you to do. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't it, matter that you're tired. Finish that up. It doesn't matter that you're hurting. Finish that up. If you've played any kind of sports, uh, you know that you play through pain. No pain, no gain, right? Mm, Right. Um, And so you learn to ignore your body's symptoms or signals. And you've started that really probably at a very early age. And so this is number this is number two. Sorry to interrupt, but we've we've gone into number two. Correct. You do not understand or relate to your body as a machine. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just just want to jump in there so we know that we've moved on. Well, this when you get this overload of stress that we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. your body is going to start having signals and try to tell you that it is too stressed, that it needs a rest. It needs you to do something different. It needs you to make some other kind of move. But you're not listening. Mm. And so the symptoms may go on. The, the signals may be there, but you you just aren't in touch with those and you're not aware of those. Therefore, 
the anxiety just continues to build and the stress continues to build until your body basically, uh, it's almost like it breaks down mm-hmm. or it goes on a sit down strike. You know, it's like, you are not listening to me. I'm going to make sure you listen to me. Ouch. And boy, did it ever. Yes. Yes, definitely. You know, because when the panic attack first hits, you don't know what it's ha- what is happening. That's for sure. A lot of the time it comes when things are quiet, not when things are hectic. And so it, it's like, wow, right out of the blue is what, what people experience is this panic just comes right out of the blue, uninvited, unannounced, no forewarning that, that the person knows of and um, makes them feel like they're going to die. Mm-hmm. They're having a heart attack. They're having a stroke. They're, some dread disease must be happening because they've never felt this way before, and they haven't. And they've never experienced this before, and they haven't. And it is just an overwhelming um, crash of the body system. A lot of people end up in the ER when they have their first panic attack, not knowing what it is, but they know something dreadfully wrong has happened and they want to go and find out what it is. Hmm. Yeah. So that too is, is um, just this overload of stress, people not listening to their bodies, not listening to the signals that your body's trying to give you. And that's part of what we then try to teach people is to be back in touch with their, their bodily bodily signals. What is your body trying to tell you? Is it trying to tell you, you t- you're too tired? Uh, you're, you've been sick for a week. Why are you out doing this? You, you know, various things, you know, the, the stress is getting too much. Yeah, I, um, I think that I, before my big panic attack, I could have never told you because I was young and not, I mean, even if I hadn't been young, I don't know if I would have known all of this anyway, but with for me, I was at such a weird point in my life, which was a very short time, really. But I had graduated college, and I um, was drinking too. Or sorry, I had graduated high school, and I really didn't leave with a sense of what I wanted to do with my life, which really bothered me. And I didn't know that really bothered me. And I saw my friends knowing what they wanted to do. And now that I think back, I'm like, oh my goodness, you were 18, like. What? Who cares if you didn't know what you were going to do with your life? But um, but I was drinking too much. I was not sleeping enough. Um, I got to a point where I had um, my white blood cell count got dangerously low, and I wasn't able to leave my house for two weeks because I didn't take care of myself. Um, I hung out with friends that really didn't care about me. You know, I I wanted to. Right. I was a people pleaser, and I see all these things now um, as oh yeah. Like it only makes sense that all of that was actually extremely stressful on my system, and so when I had that that incident where I smoked pot and I had you know just my system just felt like it exploded and went on overload, I thought, okay, now now I'm crazy. (laughs) On top of you know, I I just made myself crazy, and so that was that just added to the stress. What a frightening experience that is <laughs> it was yeah that's terribly frightening and i and, yeah and it's that fright that that uh then drives the anxiety it's it's uh, 
the fear that that might happen again. Mm-hmm. It, call it anticipatory fear, but the fear that that might happen again drives a lot of people's anxiety after they have their first panic attack because you don't want to experience that again. Right. You're not sure what it is, but you know you don't like it and you don't want it again. Uh, yeah. And, and anticipatory fear just uh, can eat you alive. And well, yeah. We people to but if you, if you back it up a few steps too, look at how I was living, right? <laughs> I mean, yes. look at how I was That's living right. with no concept. That's just what I want to hit home. People, you know, a That's lot right. of our listeners, I'm sure, have no concept of what is building, building, building. Um, I was probably drinking too much because I wanted to be liked. I was probably drinking too much because I had never really dealt with things that upset me, like, you know, maybe my parents' divorce or whatnot. Um, but but look at those patterns. Like, you know, it, it doesn't just happen because you smoked pot, is what I'm trying to say. It happened because you, right. I was building something big in that year. Um, only to come crashing down. So I just, you know, I don't say this to condemn anyone. Like, look at how bad your lifestyle is. I just hope it brings to light that sometimes we're doing a lot and not and not even knowing it. Especially in those college years, you think you're invincible. You think you're going to be healthy forever. But look at, I mean, I my white blood cell count got low, and I was very young, but I couldn't keep up. Right? I mean, I was not keeping up. That's right. Well. Uh, the other thing that, that was true for you and is true for a lot of people mm-hmm. is that they work on a chronically sleep-deprived schedule. Yes. And college students in particular. Mm-hmm. Because you're there to study and learn a skill, but you're also there to party and have fun. Yeah. And go socialize and do things. And so it's very difficult to get enough sleep when you're in college. For it sure. It just is. Yes. Very hard. And our whole country tends to operate on a sleep-deprived schedule. Mm-hmm. So that's that's part of what's happening. That's part of what's, what's contributing to the explosion of anxiety around the country is we're just not getting enough sleep. We're operating in a chronically tired environment. Mm-hmm. Now, when a panic attack hits, what is that? Number three. So number three is that you are physiologically sensitive to stimuli. People that develop this disorder are just highly sensitive people. Mm -hmm. They may have been told that their whole life. Oh, you're just too sensitive. You know, and people poo-poo it and kind of laugh at them and say, oh, there you go with that sensitivity stuff again. Mm. Well, but that's true. And they... They are sensitive to uh, light and sound and heat and cold. They may be sensitive to medications. Uh, they may be sensitive to uh, allergies. They may have a lot of allergies. Caffeine. They may not have allergies. Oh, caffeine. That's a big <laughs> We've talked about that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Allergies, caffeine you were is- saying? What, what? Tell me about allergies. Al- that's interesting. Um. Well, a lot of these people may have allergies, uh, hay fever or um, food allergies oh, okay. or other oh, I see. Uh, just general allergies. Their mm-hmm. their system is sensitive. Yes. And um, so that sensitivity can be a, a really huge asset for people. 
but it can also be a huge detriment when anxiety hits Mm -hmm. because they're so sensitive to that, that, um, then the fear really takes advantage of that. Yes. Okay. So that's number three is that sensitivity. So those are three of the reasons that people will develop an anxiety disorder. And Um, and these all three are things that you are basically, I mean, kind of born with other than, you know, I guess you could uh, could have at some point understood how to relate to your body. You're not necessarily born clueless about your body. Well, you're, you are born clueless, but you could have learned that. Well, but the- actually, that's, that's part of the learning oh. is you learned not to tune into your body. Okay, just recapping. So you are intelligent. You do not understand or relate to your body as a machine. And you are extremely sensitive to stimuli, which includes medications, bright lights, um, caffeine, all that stuff. So those are some of the reasons why you got anxiety. And in the program Dr. Barr and I are working on bringing to you, it'll fully explain all the reasons pretty much why you got anxiety. So in the next episode, though, we're going to keep talking about these big three. And uh, we're going to try to keep these episodes under a half hour, but um, sometimes Dr. Barr and I start talking and we lose track of time. So you'll hear more of this uh, continued in the next episode. But before we wrap this up, do us a favor and tell at least one person about this podcast because our mission is to help and reach as many people as possible so they can find their way out of anxiety. So thanks for all your support and kind words. Feel free to rate us. Also, you can pick up that audio for free from Dr. Barr, that relaxation audio that we talk about at lifefreeofanxiety.com slash relax. Okay, talk to you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through, and that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. To get your free copy of Dr. Barr's relaxation audio that helped change my life forever, just go to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash relax. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.